0: It's time to eat. What are you hungry for? Sit down and get ready to consume an
1: abundance of fantasy football knowledge from Ross Tucker and Joe Dolan. Feed me now! I'm starving! On the Fantasy Feast Eating
2: Podcast.
0: Yeah, let's eat, baby! It is the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast, and it is presented by FantasyPoints.com for two very good reasons. Number one, that's who my guy Joe Dolan works for. He's a co-owner at FG underscore Dolan. He's the star of the show. So we're going to give him some love. Give his site, which is awesome, some love. Oh, and by the way, when you use the code FEAST, all capital letters, at FantasyPoints.com, that is how you get to go against me and Joe in the next Best Ball 10 Draft we're about to announce the final two entrants for the June Best Ball 10 draft, but we got a whole other one still to go in July. So 10 more of you. All you need to do is go to fantasypoints.com, all caps, code feast. And I I, I gave you this tip on some of the other Ross Tucker Podcast Network shows this week. You do one other thing than that. You know, you, you rate and review the show, Amazon order. Might be just what you need to get over the top. This is also our first Fantasy Feast podcast that is also on YouTube. We have a new YouTube page. Check it out. Check out the link. I think we have enough subscribers to have a custom URL now. I'll do that later today so I can give you a specific URL. But for right now, you'll get a chance to see what Joe Dolan actually looks like. And I get a chance to see Joe Dolan for only the second time ever. Joe, it's Ross. Good to see you, buddy. Hi Ross. Good morning. Good morning everybody who's
2: listening to the show uh, or watching the show. I am not typically a morning person, so this is a little bit horrifying for me, but um hey, you got to adjust to what, to what the people want, right? Of course. Joe, uh, so, it's
0: it's 10:05 a.m.
2: Oh, yeah. I, that, that that's still a morning thing for me. I'm still drinking <laughs> coffee. I'm Dude, still, I I do four. need to get on a better schedule. By the way, I understand that, but I am—I'm a night owl. I am very much a night owl.
0: Well, it's funny that you say that because I, I know a lot of people that are like you, and I am the exact opposite. I get up between four a.m. and five a.m. So, like, this oh. almost—I'm almost ready to say good afternoon to you. Yeah, you're—you're like, um, like, you're
2: like my mom. My mom up well when her gym closed down. Uh, She was she was horrified because she would go to the gym at like four in the morning and it would be the same like three people there. So my mom was like social distancing. What? I mean, it's three people at this huge gym at four in the morning. So she is the exact same way. My wife is a morning person. I am not never have been. Um, uh, it, It benefits me in some ways and not in others.
0: As long as you here's how I feel as long as you're getting it done. Whatever you need to get Mm -hmm. done, if your best hours are midnight to 2 a.m., go for it. If your best hours, like me, are like 5 a.m. to 8 a.m., then take advantage of your best hours. My name, as I think most of you know, is Ross Tucker, former NFL offensive lineman, five teams, seven years. Now I think I have five podcasts, a bunch of them yesterday. Steve Fezik had some awesome tips for NBA, NHL, MLB betting on the Even Money podcast. And Andrew Brandt dropped some bombs on Dak Prescott, Jamal Adams, and others on the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. You can check me out at Ross Tucker NFL across the various social media platforms. We are at Ross Tucker Pod. And intern Casey, who was part of our virtual happy hour last night for the our patrons of, of the Ross Tucker Podcast Network, She is phenomenal. She's helping us out with the social media clips that we're posting, with the YouTube page, which you guys should all check out. So here's why Joe is awesome, okay? I don't know about Joe's shirt right now, but he's got a Fantasy Points hat on right now, and he keeps sipping his coffee every three seconds because it's a FantasyPoints.com mug. Joe, you right now are reminding me of Wayne and Garth. In, in, uh, Wayne's world where it's like new print, little yellow <laughs> Ross, if you're
2: going to, if you're going to put us on video, I have to take advantage. Oh, and by the way, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I know you can't see that it's actually, it, it's really comfortable. So uh, it's not my time to be talking about that, but, uh, but yeah, it's, uh, Yeah, I'm a, a, it's going to be half my apparel soon. So just, just by, by nature of, 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 uh, of having the company, it's just going to be half of what I'm going to, I'm like a pro wrestler. Like, like, you know, like, uh, when Steve Austin would wear the Austin 316 shirts all the time, it's like, yeah, by the way, I am Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yes, I do work for fantasy (laughs)
0: points. Dude, I think it's great. Honestly, I should wear Ross Tucker podcast stuff more than I do. Why not? Right? I mean, that's, that's your, it's a business. It's a, It's our small business on the Podcast Network. It's your small business on FantasyPoints.com, which is growing because of all of our awesome listeners, in part, like the last two winners of the June Best Ball 10 draft. It's Eddie Hanson and Levi Stoy. So we now have all 10 people that are going to get smoked by you and me, Joe, Expect an email in the next couple of days to find out when the draft will be, how to access it, etc. Last week we went over our initial Best Ball 10 draft. So the other people, I think all the other folks know who they are Deborah Kramer, Carson Wright, Donovan Genest, Mohinder Dick, Ari Engel, Norm Fizikas, Ben Mullins, and Nathan Trudioni. But we got one more. Next month in July, we'll have another Best Ball draft, and in August, we actually give away picks, spots in our season-long draft, which will be fantastic. The key to all of this, FantasyPoints.com. So I thought it was interesting, Joe. Last week, we really focused on best ball. Mm-hmm. This week, we're going to dive into Dynasty Fantasy Football with my buddy Dan LaMagna from the Dynasty Theory podcast. You can follow him on Twitter at FFCoachDan. Dan, welcome to the show. It's uh, Ross
1: and Joe. Thank you for coming on. It is an absolute pleasure. And as long as I followed you, Ross and Joe, I know it doesn't matter what time it is. There is so much energy and passion on this show here today. And I'm excited it's your first episode on YouTube. I think your listeners are going to get a treat. So before we even get into your background, Dan, because it's really
0: interesting for a fantasy football player. Joe, we might have touched on this last week. Is it fair to say that Dynasty and Best Ball are basically the opposites of each other? Like, Best Ball is the least involved. You do the draft, you're done, it's over, and you see what happens during the season. Dynasty is like the exact opposite, where it truly is like a year-round endeavor. Is that fair, Joe?
2: Yeah, and even, even if your team stinks, right? So because if your team stinks in Dynasty, that gives you all the more incentive To keep grinding and, you know, sometimes in just even a redraft league, you start to lock out the teams who aren't going to make the playoffs from doing transactions and, you know, to prevent collusion and all that stuff and to make sure the teams that have a chance to win really are the teams that are pursuing uh, the players, the right players on the waiver wire and and stuff like that. In Dynasty, if you're sitting there at 2-8 and and you know you're not going anywhere – well, now it's time to unload your your better players. Go get more draft picks. Go get younger players to trade them to the win now team. So, it, it is the opposite in that man. If your team stinks, you might even be more active in the dynasty league than you would be if you, your team was 6 and 4 or 7 and 3 and looking to win a championship.
0: Dan, do you think that's is that kind of how you look at it and is that why you're such a dynasty lover? Or do you feel like it's more similar to like real football in the sense that every year is not a new year like you, you got to have some carry over from the year before with your roster and you're really building something
1: I love building you know whether it's when I was a football coach or you know owning a semi-pro football team I love that roster management building a roster I don't even want to think about being two and eight Joe so you know hopefully I never have to grind like that but uh, it is a grind. It is a management. Uh, you have to be organized. You got to stay on top of things. And it's year round. And, and that's what I enjoy about it, too. You know, Here we are during a pandemic. I still have football. You know, Yes, the best ball is fun. I do my share of best balls. But I love managing that dynasty uh, team in the offseason, keeping knowledgeable, keeping ahead of the game. And I think it gives me an advantage. So
0: you should, by the way, if you like Dynasty football, I know a lot of you do, you absolutely need to follow them on Twitter at Dynasty Theory FF and listen to or watch uh, Dan's show. It's Monday nights, right, Dan?
1: Yeah, Monday nights, 9 o'clock, we're live on YouTube, and then we're on every online platform or regular podcast. We release it the next day on Tuesday.
0: Yeah, so you absolutely should check that out. He also... Is a gigantic Cowboys fan. So I'm just, I'm loving the dichotomy right now because we have, on the one hand, Joe Dolan really is a Philly guy, likes Philly sports, loves Roy Halliday and the Flyers and the Eagles. Mm-hmm. And then on the other hand, you got Dan, who's got this Dak Prescott fathead behind him. He's in this sweet Cowboys chair, he's got a Cowboys shirt on. Then you have me, who actually played for the Cowboys, but grew up an Eagles fan and is the Eagles TV analyst. So we've got like a straight battle here going right now.
2: Yeah, I mean, NFC East uh, uh, across the board, I just – no Giants representation here, I, I, I don't think. That's, Ross, were you ever with the Giants? I know you played for like 38 teams, but
0: were you ever with the Giants? <laughs> no, the Giants are the only NFC East team I have no, no connection to, <laughs> no loyalty to, That's what I or, thought. or whatever. It's interesting though, Joe, I met Dan, I think this is important. First time I met Dan uh, was because of one of my other businesses, Go Big Recruiting for high school athletes, because Dan, correct me if I'm wrong, Dan, You were the recruiting coordinator. I know you still work at Lackawanna College, but you were the recruiting
1: coordinator, right? Yeah, I was part of recruiting and coaching the running backs at the time. I think it was 2006, 2007, Ross. And, uh, you know, I think for your listeners, it just shows it pays to be good to people and follow your passion because it connected me with you, and here we are many years later. Yeah, and now Dynasty Theory is part
0: of the Ross Tucker Podcast Network. But So Dan has a background in recruiting – as a coach, as a player, and, I mean, Lackawanna, I don't know, Joe, how familiar you are. Joe's from up in the, uh, like, the Eastern area, right, Joe?
2: Yeah, I'm from the Lehigh Valley, and uh, just uh, just to throw out there, my brother-in-law is a coach. He's the offensive coordinator at Moravian College in Bethlehem. So, um, he, my, my brother-in-law coached um, the tight ends for a, a year or two at Villanova, um, he was then the uh he was then the quarterback's coach up at up at um uh, Mercyhurst in Erie. And now he's uh he's coaching he's the offensive coordinator at Moravian College. So a lot of Pennsylvania connect he was actually Ross um a quarterback at LaSalle College High School and, and uh, in, in the Philadelphia area. So he uh so we we have Pennsylvania uh, football kinda on lockdown here.
0: And and Dan um Lackawanna, Joe, I don't know how familiar you are or the listeners, but they have like 20 guys go D1 every year. Mm -hmm. Uh, Kevin White played there, the former number seven overall pick in the draft for the Bears. I don't know who else went there, Dan, that people might know.
1: His brother, Kaiser is a linebacker for the Chargers right now. He's competing for a starting job with them. Uh, Mark Lewinsky is the right guard for the Colts. He just signed a new contract. He's doing excellent there in Indianapolis. Uh we got prospects all over the place. Or right now we got a kid, uh Dijon Warren, who's got scholarship offers from about 25 different institutions. I'm probably selling them short there. Alabama, Georgia, Penn State. Uh, we got a bunch of kids at Penn State right now. And uh we we've been hot. And it's you know, it was a great experience when I started there, Ross. I really learned what work ethic and film study is. I, I can't tell you how much film I did get the opportunity to watch. And, and kind of like your boy Greg Cosell, you know, there's analytics guys in fantasy football, and there's film guys. I love watching the NFL film, and uh, you know I learned a lot at Lackawanna College to help me do so.
0: well, that was going to be my question right so you're really into dynasty fantasy football and you you 've been emailing me for the last couple of years about how much you love it, and you listen to fantasy feasts and everything like that. so most of your decision making is it fair to say comes from your coaching background and actually studying and watching the players so then, like, how much time do you spend? Watching
1: the the rookies, so you know who to draft. Yeah, you know it, the rookies has been like the next evolution for me. You know, it, it starts on Football Sunday. I've got three TVs on. I got the iPad on a separate screen. I pick the players I want to watch each week. Um, during the week, I'll watch. You know, I have the subscription to the NFL Access. I'm watching. You know, things I might have missed or certain players I want to see. And then it's you know trying to keep up with college football. And then when the season's over you know, absorbing as much college football as I can to, to catch up with the rookie class. And it's, you know, believing in my eyes and a combination of that, of the, as much knowledge as I could soak in, listening to the analytics guys, you know, following your show, Ross, with the incredible amount of great guests you have, you've always had your thumb on, I think a lot of the best talent in the industry, uh, the work Joe's doing over there at fantasy points with a dream team of a staff he's put together there. And I'm not just blowing smoke with that, but that's part of my strategy. I I have, No shame in my game when we're on the Dynasty Theory podcast. We we give credit where it's due, you know, because we see how hard people in the industry are grinding. So I try to combine my film study with, you know, I got a select group of analysts that I follow religiously and just kind of combine, you know, the analytics with the film study and you learn the market value and I apply it to Dynasty Football.
0: All right. So I think most listeners know what Dynasty Football is. You know, I think – I mean – You guys think it's fair to say, Joe, I'm going to ask you about this. I think it's fair to say everybody knows what redraft is. Mm -hmm. What percentage of people, Joe, do you think know what best ball is? What percentage do you think know what dynasty
1: is?
2: Well, if you were to say to the typical fantasy football player, are you in a redraft league? (laughs) I think that the average fantasy player would say I'm in a, fantasy league Uh, so I don't know (laughs) if they would know that term specifically Um, I would say oh god 20% of people who play fantasy football know what best ball is and I'd probably put the same percentage of people to at least know what it is on on a dynasty league which is different of course than a redraft keeper league, which, which a lot of people are familiar with, where you can keep two or three players or one player or whatever, uh, in that a dynasty league is like the NFL. You carry most of your roster over to the, next, to the next year.
0: So, Dan, let's dive into it then with some of your roster strategies for people that are in a dynasty or want to learn more about it. What is your sort of – do you have like a core philosophy when it comes to your team?
1: Yeah, most certainly, you know, and I'm a little bit newer to the podcast circuit and the industry, but I'm far from new from fantasy football. I've been playing since I was, you know, in the nineties, back when they didn't have, you know, the fancy software that does the, does the stats for you, Joe and Ross, I was, you know, getting that USA today or whatever that newspaper publication. That I think, you know, Greg Ambrios had back in the day, and I would do the stats by hand for my league and people would wonder why I always would finish like first or second. I had such an edge doing just adding up the stats and, you know, I started doing keepers and redrafts and then dynasties like potato chips. You know, you can't just have one. And I take that coaching mentality and build a great team around me. I'm lucky to have, um, you know, John Bauer, and Mitchell Soros and over there at Dynasty Theory. They got about no word of lie, 100 plus dynasty teams between the two of them. Their wives have got to be saints. All right. And it started with me getting in one dynasty league. And I Became friends with Mitch and they said, Hey, we're gonna get you up to five or six, and then five or six now. I'm at about 20 dynasty teams. And again, it starts with all that knowledge that I talked to you guys about. And you know, our listeners sometimes they get intimidated by dynasty. It's like, oh, it's a lot of work, it's a lot of time. But I utilize my time wisely. I got about two acres of land, so I'm on the lawnmower taking in about I have three, four Ross Tucker shows, a couple of Joe Dolan fantasy points shows absorbing all in i'm listening when i'm in the car i'm in the shower driving at the gym the podcasts are always on i think our listeners have got to be on twitter if you're not on twitter you're, you're missing out because it's like a cult there of fantasy football knowledge and then you should be subscribing to some lists i've got lists and you can subscribe to mine that are for just some of the best in the biz when i want to just you know eliminate the clutter and just get certain analytical takes and then i've got some larger groups and then i'm doing my film study like i said and i've gotten a good gauge for market value. From there, I love tiers. All right? I think organization is a, is a very big piece of this. I love Joe Pisapia in the Black Book. He does a good job of this, of ranking tiers by value. So when I'm drafting, I'm looking to, hey, you know, if I have a mid-late first-round pick and, you know, do I take a Travis Kelsey or George Kittle? That's going to give me a bigger advantage over fade and tight end versus maybe taking a Hopkins or a Julio. And, you know, I could fade wide receiver a little more and still, be pretty strong at the position so I love drafting tiers and trying to create an advantage throughout the draft by grabbing guys higher in the tiers now there's not one size fits all dynasty format there's going to be some people that listen that like trading their first and second round picks adding draft capital and loading up in the fourth fifth sixth seventh rounds that's not my style I like to win now and still build a young roster I like to trade my draft capital because a lot of those rookies don't always pan out And I'm very confident in my trading ability, where if I didn't get a guy, I'm going to trade for him somewhere along the line. There's going to be an impatient owner that's going to give up on somebody and I'm going to get him. So I try to get an advantage in year one, go to win now, trade some draft capital, get a two, 300 point advantage by building my roster early. But then as I build my tiers and my rankings, I'm targeting those guys based on all the information I've taken in that are young, have upside, could break out. So maybe, you know, I'm, you know, I'm, don't have it all in year one, but I still have an attractive roster in year two. So if I fell a little bit short, I still have guys I could trade. I'm going to be strong year two, and I've done really well. You know, I think uh, Dynasty's kind of uh, supported Christmas, the Dynasty winnings. You know, last year uh, I w- I was cruising. You know, I, I think up until up about week uh, 15 was a little bad to me, so I had a lot of second and third place finishes. But I profited, and uh, it paid for Christmas, and then I do some DFS that pays the bills. But uh, I try to draft young. I try to anchor my team with a running back, Ross. Uh, I think especially now there's bell cow running backs are very rare. So I want to make sure I got at least one. I like to have two good running backs if I can to get an advantage at that position. And then in dynasty, I try to make sure I also I like super flex format. So I like to have two quarterbacks anchored by at least one stud. Very often this guy. I do have some shares of Mahomes, uh, you know, Russ Wilson, Deshaun Watson, young superstar quarterbacks. And then my roster always has at least one superstar. So this off season, I evaluated my 20 rosters, and there were one or two that I, I wasn't really happy the direction they were going in. So I had that super superstar that I could trade, get a lot of draft capital, still find another good player to replace them, and I, and I kept those rosters strong. So that's a little bit of what I'm doing, Ross. You know, just keeping on top of the knowledge. And I think the last thing I'd say is, you know, I stay really organized with my charts. I try to get one mentor even each year. Last year, I spent a year working with Nelson Souza. He's like a redraft shark he, you know and he dabbles in some other business and i he he had a little service there and i just sponge knowledge from a year and i applied something to my game i'll do the same thing this off season i'll learn from someone else and apply it to what i'm doing in uh fantasy football dan i love
0: it that was a very uh, thorough and perfect explanation of kind of how you go about it i want to get your thoughts on some specific players for this year because that really transcends any of the different fantasy formats but first I hope you already have the DraftKings Sportsbook app on your phone, Dan, because you live in Pennsylvania. And Joe, you should as well because you live in Pennsylvania. It's the top-rated Sportsbook app, and it's putting you in the center of the action. Right now, they have a sign-up bonus of $1,000. $1,000. So you can get ready for NBA. Oh, he's got it. Dan, showing it to me. Uh, whether it's NBA, NHL, or right now we've got, you know, NASCAR, golf. People, everybody on Twitter seems to be loving betting on golf. Download the top rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use code ROSS when you sign up. For a limited time, all new users can get a sign up bonus up to $1,000. Again, they're going all out right now. They're not messing around. Sign up bonus up to $1,000. Just make sure. You enter the code ROSS when you sign up only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older. Colorado only. Bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus and a first bet match. Each up to $500. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call Joe or 1-800-522-4700. That would be amazing. If instead of telling you the number right there, I said, "If you have a gambling problem, call Joe. Here's his cell."
2: <laughs> I mean, I'll I'll try to talk you through it, but I'm probably just going to be talking about what picks. I actually had Webb Simpson to win the tournament last week, so that was very nice because I'm oh,
0: How much did you win?
2: Well, uh, over a thousand bucks. I mean, I, just because of some of the offers that DraftKings presented. This is not I, this is not part of the read, by the way. Like, but DraftKings had a great couple of offers, so. If you combine the fact that I made the bet with the fact that I got three dollars for every stroke that Webb Simpson was under par, which was twenty two under par, and then also that I got an odds boost on an American to win the tournament, yeah, I clear I cleared uh, four figures for like for like twenty five dollars worth of actual bets. So
0: that is amazing. <laughs> that
2: helps because I'm moving. If you can see, uh, yes. yeah, I, I'm moving uh, to South Carolina soon, so I have to get. By the way, DraftKings get on that. Get somebody in, in, in. Get get a lobbyist in South Carolina. It's a philistine state when it comes to when it comes to sports betting. Trust, I'm, trust
0: me, trust me, Joe. When I tell you, they've got somebody on it everywhere. Yeah, yeah please. <laughs> I, that, just my my they, added. Yeah, yeah. They're they're working on it. Just make sure you use the code Ross if you're in a state that's legal right now. All right, Dan. Let's get into a couple of specific players. So whether it's redrafts or I just I'm in a fantasy football league, like Joe said or dynasty, or best ball. Give me, give me one guy, give me one or two guys that you are really high on and you're, you're looking to get a lot in your different leagues.
1: Yeah, and just you know a good point here for dynasty strategy, Ross. When you get these tips, and that's what I do when I listen to the Ross Tucker show or Fantasy Points with Joe or you guys are collaborating on the Fantasy Feast, as soon as I get that inside tip, I'm going through my 20, 20 dynasty leagues and seeing where I could trade or acquire them. You know, it's hot, quick news, and, and you stay aggressive. You know, a couple of guys I like, one I heard on Fantasy Points, Rykel Armstead. You know, you know, when you hear that insight that a team is very high, an organization's high on a player, and you know they want to move a guy like Leonard Fournette. And I love Leonard Fournette because, as you know, I, my shameless plug, I got to play basketball with him a few months ago. But if I want them both. Give me Lenny. Give me Rykel. Like, Lenny ends up going, now I got two good running backs on my team. So, you know, at an ADP of 228 late in a draft, Armstead's a nice guy to get.
0: And by the you way, know, Dan, you didn't hear that on fantasy points. Forget enough fantasy points, okay? That was last week on the Fantasy Feast podcast, as Joe and I talked about my stellar best ball draft, where I got right, <laughs> is it Ray Kell or Ray Quell? I don't even know. I always call him Ray Quell. They well, uh, they uh, so call him Rock, in, like the fifteenth round or something, didn't I, Joe? I got him yeah, late, you, late.
2: You did. It was an awesome pick, and and he's a guy I've drafted a ton of. So yeah, that, I mean, it's just it just makes sense. You know that the Jaguars tried to trade Leonard Fournette. You know he's been suspended by the team for conduct detrimental to the team at at a point. You know he's had injuries. What am I missing here? Why is Leonard Fournette a third round pick? And why is Rykel Armstead a 15th, 16th round pick? I mean, that just – drafting him just makes sense. Maybe he's not their back of the future. You know, maybe – you have to keep in mind the Colts tried to – the Colts not tried to. They did. They traded in front of them to draft Jonathan Taylor. So we know that the Colts were at least scared that the Jaguars were going to draft Jonathan Taylor. But they didn't. The Jaguars didn't get him. Raquel Armstead could have an opportunity. I mean, he is like, I'm not even sure it's fair to call him a handcuff. Because I think he could have legitimate opportunity this year. There's just so much upside for that level of pick. Um, I, I don't know if the hype is getting out of control in dynasty, but it still really hasn't gotten there in redraft. So, you know, he's going like seven, eight rounds after Alexander Madison, which, you know, Madison showed more last year. Dalvin Cook is holding out. I understand all that. But I wonder if there's a similar level of upside there.
1: Got it. Do you have another guy, Dan? Uh, you know, I got guys, Ross. We're locked and loaded for your show, pal. Uh, you know, another guy I like is Drew Locke. You know, a little bit more of a popular name, but still being going a little late, 150 ADP there. Uh we had Woody Page on Dynasty Theory. If there's an episode you want to watch, it's the one with Woody. You know, he's drinking uh tequila and going off the camera and telling us some great stories about Michael Jordan. But we talked about Drew Locke with him, and you know, he's been covering Denver for 30 years. And just being around the team, he's like, he's got that it factor. And I believe Woody there. You know, he, he tipped us off to Judy going to Denver before the draft even happened. And Denver, you know, they're telling you what they're doing. They are investing in Drew Locke. they established so many offensive weapons around him. You know, Sutton's back. They bring in Melvin Gordon. You know, Jerry Judy gets drafted. Hamler. It's a very talented offense. So I, I, I have high hopes of a young quarterback like Drew Locke this year for Dynasty.
2: Yeah, when, when it comes to Drew Locke, you know, it, it's a different it's a different thing that John Elway's doing. Like, he has tried, ever since losing Peyton Manning to retirement, um, he's tried to band-aid the quarterback position, bringing in Case Keenum, uh, bringing in Joe Flacco. To be fair, he did draft Paxton Lynch. It was a horrific bust, but he did try to get that quarterback of the future. Uh, but this year, he did the right thing. Do I know that Drew Locke is good? No. He was a second-round pick for a reason. And and I mean that both on the positive and the negative. There's a reason Drew Locke wasn't a first-round pick in the NFL draft, but there's also a reason he wasn't a fifth-round pick in the NFL draft. And I think he showed more of those positive traits. But – we got just five games. It was a small sample. He didn't drop back to throw all that many times, but we saw a lot of positives, and I think John Elway made the right call. Surround him with talent. Bring in Judy. Bring in Hamler. Bring in Gordon. They dra- drafted Okuwe Bunam, the, uh, the tight end, to go with Noah Fant. They have a lot of tight ends. They have a lot of weapons there. Uh, and Drew Locke's an athlete. He's got kind of a cutlerish quality to him. Yeah, I would buy right now. Um, he's getting a little bit of hype because of the weapons around him, but I'd ra- I'd invest in a young quarterback like that for cheap.
0: And, and Dan, I'm looking at your um, one of the notes you sent me about guys that you like: Irv Smith, Ian Thomas, Tyler Higby, Gerald Everett. You got a lot of tight ends, bro. You got a lot of tight ends that you like.
1: Yeah, you know, in a season where if you're not getting To me, the big three there of Kelsey, Kittle, I'm very high on Mark Andrews, number three. But if I'm not getting them, depending on how those first couple rounds were fading and everyone has one or two strategies, you're getting the big guns or you're fading and they're the guys I'm targeting. I'm very high on tight ends this year. I think Irv Smith, super young talent. I think he's going to be used like a receiver from what I'm listening to. He may be the number two option in Minnesota. Ian Thomas, he flashed on film for me last year. He definitely passed the eye test. And, you know, he's replacing a legend in Greg Olson, who I think is going to do well in Seattle. But we're talking dynasty here. I really like Ian Thomas. And then Higby, Gerald Everett, they both look good on film to me. You know, I mean, Higby was awesome last year. And it kind of goes with that Jacksonville strategy where, you know, Joe was talking about Fournette and Armstead. You know, that he likes – there's two good running backs there. So I'm going to draft them both. Everett's a free agent after the season. Then hopefully my dynasty roster has two starting tight ends next year. So I'm playing for this year but also helping myself a year from now. Joe, does it
0: make your like? I, – I, I'm curious, when Dan called it the big three and it's Kelsey, Kittle, and Andrews, and he said other than those three fade him, do you think he's correct that Ertz? if, if you don't get one of the top three, you fade everybody else, or is this his Eagles hate as a Cowboys fan who saw his completely healthy, more talented team – Choke last year against the Eagles. Do you think this is his Cowboys hate spewing from Dan Lamagna? I don't. I don't
2: know about that. Um, because it, 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 there is some rationale to it. I mean, Ertz is getting older, so there's there's two sides of the same coin with Ertz. He was never a guy who kind of won with explosive athleticism, the way that the way that Kelsey Kittle and Andrews can do. Um, so the question is does somebody like Zach Ertz fade away earlier because he didn't have the next level athleticism or to bring up the Dallas Cowboy, does he hang around and produce deep into his career like Jason Witten because of the ways he wins as a route runner and moving the chain. So I agree with Andrews as number three for, for dynasty. And by the way, it's, it's not just speculating. Oh, Zach Ertz is getting older because Travis Kelsey is as well. It's, The fact that the Eagles have a really good number two tight end in Dallas Goddard. So there's both of those things. Um, If I can get Zach Ertz for cheaper, and I have seen him falling down draft boards, not just in Dynasty, but in redraft, then I'm going to buy in. But I've typically employed the same strategy more so in best ball than in Dynasty this year. If I didn't get Kittle Kittle or Kelsey or Andrews, I'm kind of waiting, and I'm going to get two or three of those later round tight ends. I'm really in on Irv Smith. Um, I'm in on TJ Hawkinson this year, Hayden Hurst. I'm in on these guys. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to build with those guys as opposed to drafting a Hunter Henry or an Evan Ingram or a Higby in the middle rounds because I really like the way my teams look if I go early tight end or late tight end. I don't love how they look if I go in the middle. Ross, you and I talked about that on our Best Ball podcast where I took Evan Ingram, I believe, in the seventh round, and I thought it was a mistake. Uh, if I could do it again, I would have drafted a wide receiver. there.
1: Joe, as as the official here, I'm using my challenge flag on Ross here. All right that that dig of the, you know that Eagles Cowboys game last late last year, the Clappers has gone, Ross. This is a new season, a new era in Dallas football. And you know, on the Dynasty Theory Show, Ross Tucker was a guest and gave us some great insight as he covers the Eagles on how high they are on Dallas Goddard. So you know, I, I think Ertz is going to be going elsewhere. The big three, I gave them to you, Ross. Joe, do I do I get to win that challenge? That, I think that was a cheap dig on on last season, which is over, and he forgot about the great insight he gave us on, on Dynasty Theory.
2: Well, uh, I think you're right about the Dynasty, though. But the Cowboys should be embarrassed they lost that game. Whether I was the coach, Jason Garrett <laughs> was the coach. I mean, frankly, it was
0: the Eagles' practice squad out there. It was uh, bad. The Cowboys had all their dudes, and they lost to the they lost to Carson Wentz. And the Broad Street backups. It was unbelievable. Um, but that's another story for another day. Make sure you check out Dan on social media at FF Coach Dan. Also, his show, Dynasty Theory, at Dynasty Theory FF. It's a great show. It's part of our network. And you can tell how passionate Dan is about it and he kept sucking up to me and Joe by mentioning our shows and fantasy points. So, he's got it. Dan, you got it. You know exactly what to do cuz now we'll have you on again because flattery is everything.
1: <laughs> so, uh we loved it. Thank you so much Dan for coming on the show. I'm a team player, man. Love what both of you guys are doing. Always a pleasure. Ross, thank you for having me. It is our pleasure and we cannot wait To have more of
0: you guys sign up at fantasypoints.com using the code FEAST, all caps, so you can try to go against Joe and I in the next best ball 10 draft. We've got 10 more people that are getting a chance to go against Joe and I in a best ball 10 draft, which by the way, you can win $110. Like... We're, it, Joe, it's like we're giving people a free ten dollars. I don't know if people realize that we're, we're handing them ten dollars.
2: Absolutely, um, and and look, if you think you got the skills, then come, come, come at us. And I gotta tell people, it's the best way to prepare for your actual draft. For the the draft you really want to win is the one against your buddies. I get that, but it's the best way to prepare. The mock draft is dead. The fantasy mock draft is dead. Best Ball has replaced it, and it's better because you can win actual money.
0: That'll do it for this week's Fantasy Feast. We'll be back next week. Got a really cool guest in mind. Make sure you're subscribed. Make sure you're checking us out on YouTube. You can see how branded Joe Dolan is. It's incredible. I love him for it. And other than that, I'm stuffed. That was a pretty beastly Fantasy Feast. We're done.